last pillar and the seventh pillar were the hardest pillars to complete. And I thought, wow. And the thing that the Holy Spirit spoke to me was the seven pillars of ministry potential. You know, I thought about Catherine Coleman, and she said, what a day when we find ourselves in heaven and we find out just how much more God had for us when we were here. You know, there's this idea in the church today that we kind of, you know, everything that we do here is one thing, and we understand that there's different degrees of spiritual maturity when we're here. I mean, and there's different different ones that we meet, and clearly there's, you know, wisdom at times beyond, I mean, young people. Just look at some of the young people, even some of the teenagers that God is anointing and raising up today, and the wisdom, the anointing, and the revelation beyond their years. I mean, clearly we understand some things about spiritual maturity and degrees of maturity when we're here, but there's almost this idea in the church today that when we arrive in heaven, we're all like on the same page. It's like, you know, what we do here, and then we're in heaven. And it's like, when we're in heaven, it's like we're all on the same page. We walk into the pearly gates. We see him as he is. But this whole understanding of there are even degrees of knowledge and spiritual maturity that continue on even when we're in heaven, and, and what we do here continues there. And, and so I want you to understand there are seven pillars of ministry potential. I want you to consider asking yourself this question today, how far are you? Because I believe that even the Apostle Paul and some others that are in ministry today, that are in heaven, they didn't even fulfill, reach the fullness of the potential of their ministry. Paul knew something about fullness. That's why he was praying for the church and he prayed this one prayer, that they'd be filled with what? All the fullness of God. Why would he pray for them to be filled with the fullness of God? They're moving in the gifts of the Spirit. They're full of the Holy Ghost. But he prayed that they'd be filled with all the fullness of God. Why? Because he knew there was more. And he himself was contending for more. And what he was contending for was called the fullness of God. And there is more. And so that was one encounter. I want to kind of end it there with the whole idea of seven ministry pillars of potential. December, that same year, I'm in Israel for the first time. And I'm awakened at about 3 o'clock in the morning. And, you know, I'm expecting some kind of encounter. I mean, after all, I'm in Israel. And here I'm awakened at about 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning, and my curtains are blowing. And I'm thinking the balcony door's open and the wind is blowing. And then I realize the curtains aren't open. It's the wind of the Spirit, and I can hear the voice. I can't see him, but I can hear the voice of Jesus. In fact, the call and the urgency to pray at that moment was stronger than any other moment I had felt God to pray. Have you ever felt this irresistible draw and call to pray? It was like, I've got to pray. And it was just a hunger, I've got to be in the presence of the Lord. And it's like, I've got to pray. And it wasn't to pray some warning or judgment, but it was this incredible desire. As tired as I was, God, come back at 8 o'clock in the morning. I mean, why do you have to visit me at 2, 33 o'clock in the morning? As tired as I was, I knew this was important. And when I woke up, because I wanted to make sure I wasn't dreaming, I sat up in my bed, and it was the voice of the Lord. I could hear the voice of the Lord, the son of David, but it wasn't the son of David. It was actually David himself, King David, in my hotel room in Israel. And I'll tell you, when I saw him, I knew immediately in my spirit he was 30 years old to the day. Not 31, not 29, 30. And I thought, why is this important that he's 30? And why do I know that? I'm looking at David, and I'll tell you, he had the bluest eyes I had ever seen. I mean, these eyes were blue. And it was like they could look right through me. The bluest eyes. And when the Bible talks about how handsome he was, honestly, I, I would not say this about any other man. But David was good looking. 
I mean, I was actually struck by how good he looked. Just even how tanned he was. And even muscular. He had a beard, and it was real neat and trim. And he had a crown on. It wasn't like a big crown. It had a small crown. had rubies and gems in it. And his hair was down to about his shoulders. It was curly. Curly hair. And it almost looked as if it was wet, as if he had just gotten out of the shower. I mean, it was that detailed. Each lock, he literally didn't just have hair. It was like locks of hair. Each one curled, and it reached down to about his shoulders. And I noticed he was wearing a robe, blue, royal, I mean, purple. He was wearing a robe, and I saw that he was wearing, to me, it looked like pajamas. You know, think of Aladdin or something. He had on this white, I don't know, this white something, and these, these white pants. They looked like pajamas. And he had a golden sash around his waist. And even his slippers, if you could call them slippers, literally like being on an airplane or something, they give you those things that you slip on your feet. But